Jesus said in the gospel today as we listen to the passion, I thirst. Two words, very simple, but have echoed throughout the two centuries since his death. I thirst. How can the God of the universe thirst? And what does he thirst for? You know, I've talked a couple times now about how I was in Rome in October and I had the, the great honor of being with uh, Mother Teresa's order, the Sisters of Charity. Uh, and while I was with Mother Teresa's order, again, I was so caught up in all of this stuff. And at the Mass, again, every place in Mother Teresa's order around the world, there's always a crucifix. None of these resurrected crosses, huh? There's always a crucifix. And it's always very simple. And then handwritten on just a regular piece of paper or an index card, next to the crucifix is I thirst. What does Jesus thirst for? First, he thirsts for us. You know, when he says, I thirst, you know, the theology throughout the years has been talking about he thirsts for souls. He thirsts for us. But the God of the universe, from the very beginning, you know, how does God thirst? I mean, how could God, who needs nothing, thirst? But he says he thirsts for us. He desires us so much that even before we were even created, you know, that he knew that this would happen. You ever read a, a good book? It's the, called The Four Loves. You know, you probably read it. If not, it's a good book to read. And in the, the book The Four Loves, C.S. Lewis reflects just for a moment towards the end when he's talking about agape love and about how God is a God of agape. And I just want to read this little passage to you because it really hits me, and I have it on my desk underneath all my stuff at prep. And it says here, God who needs nothing loves into existence holy, superficial creatures in order that he may love and perfect them. He creates the universe already foreseeing the buzzing clouds of flies around the cross the flayed back pressed against the uneven stake, the nails driven through the missile nerves, the repeated insipid suffocation as the body droops, the repeated torture of back and arms as it is time after time for breath's sake hitched up. If I may dare the biological image, God is a host who deliberately creates his own parasites. Herein is love. That before he created the universe, before he created the world, before he created any of us, he already knew, because he's in the eternal now, he already saw what would happen to him at Calvary. He already saw the torture they would put him through throughout the night. He'd already see the rejection of the people who he created. He saw it all. And he brought us into existence 
in spite of it all. The host creates the parasite. And we are the parasites, if you will. And knowing that we would do this to him, knowing that every one of us here, before any of us ever came into existence, that we would sin. Gladly, completely, fully. You know, all the kids are home for college and that, and so I've been getting some calls and getting some more later on for people to say, Father, can I go to confession? Sure. Come on in. No big deal, huh? Father will be nice, go through the questions, take it a minute and a half. When our Father's your penance, you'll feel good for the next couple days, and then you can go back to school and do it again. We just don't get it. Or people who give up things for Lent. You know, kids and different people give up sinning. I'm giving up this type of sin for Lent, very good. But they can't wait to Easter Sunday so they can do it some more. They just don't get it. And yet God knew that before he ever created one of us. And yet he chose to create us. And he says, I thirst for you. I thirst for you. I mean, just today I'd ask you when you go home and you're thinking about all the things, that just hear Jesus cry out to you, I thirst, I thirst, I thirst for you. The reason Mother put this I thirst on the cross next to every cross is that she says Jesus thirsts for our love. All she wants is stay. Isn't it again just we go through some ritual? You know, we play this game. I said I was talking to Andre before he came over, and I said we play this game every year that Jesus is dead, you know, so we don't do the sacraments today. It's a game. Jesus died 2,000 years ago. He's not dead anymore. He's alive. It's that simple. But we still play this game. Okay, he's dead. I'm still sad. No, 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 no. Jesus doesn't want us to play a game and go through Good Friday and go and all this stuff and Good Friday, I really try hard, but Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday, I go nuts. It's a game. He doesn't want that from us. What he wants is he looks at us and he says, I thirst for your love. Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday, ordinary day, every day. God, when you wake up, Jesus looks at you and he says, I thirst for your love. That's all I want from you. Just love me. I thirst for your love. And he cries that out to us. And we got to sit there and think, do I really love him? And a good way we can find out if we really love him is to take those two words, I thirst, and apply it to me. Do I thirst for Jesus? I mean, do I thirst? I mean, you see what I long for? You see what I desire? If him on the cross cries out to me, I thirst for you, is there something inside of us that cries out, and Jesus, I thirst for you, Jesus, more than anything else in my life. You know, have you ever really been thirsty? And I know none of us have been thirsty, thirsty. We're going to die. But even just a little bit of stuff, last night as we were going from church to church, you know, after talking and everything else and all the stuff, I was pretty thirsty. And that's all I kept thinking. We're going from church to church, and the only thing I was thinking about 
was, boy, I'm thirsty. I gotta stop and get some. Everything, it, it completely preoccupied me. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I go to church. Why am I thirsty? I better get some. And then there was a little in Blessed Sacrament, there's a little fountain, so I got some water. Oh, that's good, but it wasn't enough. I was still thirsty. And that preoccupied me throughout the night. Until later on, I went and drank a half a bottle of orange juice. But anyway, I had to be satisfied. And there was nothing that was going to satisfy me until I had that which I thirsted for. Is that the way we are for Jesus? Not just today, but every day. Do I thirst for him? And you and I got to be totally honest with ourselves, please. Don't play a game. And if we don't thirst for Jesus, if we are not preoccupied with Jesus when I'm working, when I'm at school, when I'm doing everything else, if I do not really thirst for him, then today, on this Good Friday, let this be the day that you and I ask him, Jesus, you who created the universe, I beg you, Jesus Christ, to create in me a thirst for you more than anything else. The thirst and the long for God more than anything else. That is a prayer he will always answer if you and I mean it, and we ask it, and we beg it. Today the God of the universe says from his cross, his instrument of torture, I thirst for you. Do you thirst for him? Nature you know is love today and forever. Amen.